This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. We're not perfect. We're not perfect. The Bible says we're complete in Christ. We're made righteous. You know, the Lord said, be holy for I'm holy. Can you be holy? It's not hard. It's impossible. But it's not so much being holy. You know, we're holy positionally because who we are in Christ. But practically, we need to continue to be holy. Naturally, you and I are nowhere near perfection or righteousness. Any efforts to be holy by our own strength and good deeds are utterly and completely useless. In today's message, Pastor Eddie will encourage you even through that difficult reality, because we're not righteous unless we have the Lord. We are nothing if we don't believe God sent His Son Jesus to die on the cross. When we submit to God's will, we become perfection through Him. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of James chapter 3. As he continues his message, true wisdom comes from above. Earthly wisdom has thrown out science, you know, biology, you know, right out the window. It's amazing how the world who doesn't believe in God will like to use science to try to prove that there is no God through evolution and other things. Um, but however, when it comes to a man being born a man, a woman being born a woman, now they want to throw out science. And that's worldly wisdom. It's earthly. It's here on earth. Actually, it fits in for all, not only earthly, but also sensual and demonic because it's a lie. And now the world, you know, Satan is the prince of the earth, remember. <laughs> He's the prince of the earth. But he won't rule too long because we see in the book of Revelation that Jesus Christ would take the scroll and he will redeem the earth. And that, that scroll that he's going to loosen the seven seals, that scroll there is the deed to the earth. He died for the sins of the world. But unto then, you know, Satan is the prince of the earth. And there's so much confusion and what they called wisdom. Earthly wisdom was when a man thinks he's a dog. I saw in the article, it's been in the article for two weeks. A man spent $14,000 to look like a collie dog. And he goes on the street where people could rub his belly. No lie, this is the truth. You can't make this up. This is the truth. This is the world we live in. It's sad. I just saw another article where a young man, he hates human beings that he actually, he done so much to his body to look nothing like a human being but a demon. Another man kind of did something, he cut his nose off to look like an alien. And this is worldly, you know, this is what the world is all about. It's here on earth. That doesn't come from above. It doesn't come from the word of God. If only they knew that God created them out of his glorious image, and that God loves them, 
They are led to believe a lie. This worldly wisdom has, has you know, led them to believe a lie that they can be whoever and whatever they want to be. And it's, and, it, and it's sad. You know, we should be praying. We should be praying for these people. As, as, as crazy as the articles might be, if they have a name of this individual doing whatever they f- are doing to their body, pray for them. Because it's dark. If they only knew how much God loves them just the way they are. But he refuses to leave them that way. And so that's worldly wisdom. The second wisdom from below is sensual or it's of the flesh. It's not spiritual. It's natural. And so from, it's from a mental, emotional ideas of fallen man. And you hear people will say all kinds of things when it comes to wisdom, right? What they will say. They'll say, well, that's your truth. That's not my truth. <laughs> all of a sudden, we all have our own personal. Forget about facts. Forget about the truth. It has to be your truth because it's yours, because that's what you want to believe. A wise man once said, that there is no such thing as your truth. There is the truth, and then there is your opinion. You can't change the truth. And just because you believe it to be true and, and you want it to be true, it is not the truth. Again, there is only one truth, and that is Jesus Christ, the person Jesus Christ, where Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6, I'll say it again, I am the way, definite article, I am the truth, Definite article, not a way, not a truth, and not a life, but the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so that is the wisdom of the world. It is of man. It is not of God. And it is of the flesh. This is the reason why when we come to Christ, we are born again. Here, we're born out of the womb of your, your mother, unless you're a test tube baby, I don't know. But we're all created out of the womb of our mother, but we need to be born again spiritually. Jesus said you must be born again. In order to enter the kingdom of heaven, you must. And that's, that's what Jesus said. It's in red letters in John chapter 3. Okay? Billy Graham didn't say it. The Pope didn't say it. Nobody said it. Jesus said it. You must be born again. You must repent. Those are the first words of Jesus Christ. He said the first words of Jesus' ministry was repent. And that means to turn your life around. And you must repent, you must be born again in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. Otherwise, you're going to live a life that's led by the wisdom below. Because you can't discern the things of God, the things that are spiritual. In order to discern the things that are spiritual, you must be born again where the Holy Spirit dwells in your heart. So when you do read the word of God, when you do pray, when you do seek the Lord, you have godly wisdom to understand the word of God. You're receiving wisdom from above. Paul wrote to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, but the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God, but they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. And that's why I know many of you, you probably share the gospel of Jesus Christ to family, friends, and neighbors, and sometimes they look at you and they say, you, You're weird. They say, No, this is the truth. It's foolishness to them. They don't understand the things of scriptures. When they see that the, the times we're living in, they do not, they can't discern that. They don't know. They don't see that this world has more, been morally bankrupt for decades. And every year, it just it always kicks up a notch of something more crazy, more bizarre, because it's demonic. And you share that with them and say, oh, you're just a religious knot. <laughs> you know, 
You share the scriptures, you share eschatology with them. Oh, that's, that's just literature. When they do a test, you know, the frog in the boiling water, right? You know about that story, right? It's, it's okay, it's ribbit, ribbit, right? It's cold water, you, put a, you start boiling, boiling the water, it doesn't realize it's boiling, you need to get out of there, where it actually dies. And it's so immune to it that it seems normal, it's okay. When it's not okay, it's dangerous, it's demonic. And so Jude also talks about those who are sensual. In Jude, verse 19, there's only one chapter there, it's only one small letter. These are sensual persons who cause divisions, not having the spirit. And so this is what the world is. This is why they're attracted to the things of the world, the wisdom of the world. Because without the Holy Spirit, they cannot discern the things of God because they're still in the flesh. They've been born, but they have not been born again and spiritually receiving Christ. So the mind is corrupt, the heart is corrupt, it's lost in sin, and sin separates us from God. That's why we need to be right with Christ in order to have that way to the Father. But because the Holy Spirit and God is available to all who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's mentioned twice in the Bible, in the Old Testament and New Testament. Those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And once you receive Christ as Lord and personal Savior, then the Holy Spirit dwells in you, and you can discern the things that are either earthly wisdom or godly wisdom. And it's important, especially for us nowadays, because we can still be deceived in the sense that we are not in fellowship with God, we're not reading the Word of God, we're not in prayer, we're not testing all things, as 1 John chapter 4 tells us, test all things to see whether they are of God. Don't believe everything he says. The first thing he says, don't believe. And he says, test all things to see whether they're of God. All things. Whether it looks spiritual, sounds spiritual, smells spiritual, feels, I don't know if you can smell anything spiritual, but it doesn't matter. You need to test it. And we need to test it. And quite often we fall into all kinds of false doctrines and listening to false teachers and preachers is because we don't have, not in the word to understand, to rightly divide whether what we are listening to is wisdom from above all wisdom below. Because listen, we're not perfect. Anybody here perfect? Okay, I'm not <laughs> either. And I always used to say that when I was pastoring church in Harlem, and I would say, hey, I'm not perfect. Ask my wife. And this young man went and asked my wife, hey, um, he told me to ask you. <laughs> he went ahead and did ask. And Judy said, well, you have time? Just kidding. But she didn't say that. She did not say that. But we're not perfect. We're not perfect. Bible says we're complete in Christ. We're made righteous. You know, the Lord said, be holy for I'm holy. Can you be holy? It's not hard. It's impossible. But it's not so much being holy. You know, we're holy positionally because who we are in Christ. But practically, we need to continue to be holy. Are we going to get things right? Absolutely not. Because we still have to fight the old man, don't we? The spirit and the flesh are battling, and this will continue on until you stand before Christ. On that day, when your spirit leaves your body, you will stand in the presence of God. And that's why Paul wrote to the church of Philippians, he says, uh, Philippi, he says, uh, says, he who began a good work in you will complete it unto the end of Christ. You know, I just spoke, spoke to a dear sister, who just recently gave her life to the Lord, 
And it was so exciting, so encouraging, not only to know that she gave her life to the Lord, but she said, I'm still dealing with this. I said, it's okay. <laughs> you're, you're a Christian baby. I said, like the way the babies would crawl right on their knees. They start crawling before they get up. You know? And I said, I'm still working. God is still working in me. I'm not perfect. And God will still be with me until I stand before him in glory. That's when it's done. Absent abide to be present with the Lord. But as long as we're here on earth, we're going to glorify God and, and we're going to honor him. We're going to be holy as we can. We're going to be as pure because we serve a pure God. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9 says, The heart is deceitfully above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Romans chapter 7, verse 18. For I know that in me, this is the Apostle Paul speaking, that, and that is his flesh. Nothing good dwells. Nothing good dwells. The only thing that's in us that's good is the Holy Spirit and Christ. But the flesh, nothing good dwells. And this is the Apostle Paul writing this. Colossians chapter 2, verse 10. And you are complete in him. Whoa. You know, you may look in the mirror and say, boy, I got a long way to go. What, I missed something. I'm not complete. You know? Well, yeah, again, positionally, we're complete in Christ. Practically, we need to continue on. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, do you not know that you are a temple of God and the Holy Spirit of God dwells in you? He dwells in us. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 14, the good things which was committed to you keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. So the Holy Spirit dwells in us, but in our flesh, we're still battling this every day, every day. And don't listen to the lie of the enemy. You know, he said, oh, you, you, you can't, you got to stop this Christian stuff because you can't do it. You know, he'll lie to you. He'll bring con condemnation. But the Bible says there's now therefore no, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Yes, it's not going to be easy for you. But with Christ, all things are possible. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. So we're never going to be perfect in this world. You know, we don't pursue the wisdom of this world. Those who are in this world are going to follow the wisdom of the world. Okay, it is earthly, it is sensual. And also, number three, is demonic. It's demonic. That's pretty much the origin of it all. It describes the ultimate or origin uh, proceeding from evil spirits and the devil himself. And so, this is the wisdom below that comes from the world, comes from the flesh. In verse 16, he goes on to say in verse 16, for where envy and self-seeking exist, we already saw that in verse 14, confusion and every evil things are there. So worldly wisdom, wisdom below, only brings confusion, disorder, and every kind of evil. Isn't that true? I mean, we, we don't have to go far. Even now, looking in our own backyard, we look around the world. There's so much, uh, you know, unrest, tension, craziness, and chaos in this world. I mean, you know, most of the times you won't hear about it in news because the news that we have here in America is Hollywood news. It's all about celebrities. It's all about the Kardashians. And when it comes to sports, it's not really about stats and home runs and records. It's about what they've done off the field, their own personal life. And that's why I get tired of news. You know, give me a news that doesn't have to, without celebrities, please, without 
and, and you know, be honest, I, I, I like sports, but I'm not that crazy about it. After the bowing of the knees, that's my personal thing. I, don't, I haven't watched it, and to be honest, I haven't missed it. So um, I don't care. Just give me news. Give me good information. I remember when I went to Israel, and we had a layover in Austria. In Austria, now, I didn't understand. I put on the TV. I didn't understand the language. But the news, it looked like news, you know, the way we have it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it, you just see they're around the table. It looked like it's a, a, a office that belongs to the government. Uh, you see the, the president there. You see, and, you know, it's like, wow. And, and then you, every, every news channel, you know, I just want to see what's going on in Austria. And not that I want to understand, but it just, it didn't show Hollywood news. It, it wasn't Hollywood. It wasn't about celebrities. I come back from that trip home, and what's on the front page? You know, the subway series between the New York Mets and the New York Yankees. Anna Nicole Smith, it was that time when she died. Who cares? I mean, pray for her, you know, pray for the family. It's sad that someone would die. But, you know, that's Hollywood news. You wouldn't know what's going on. And so there is a lot of uh, unrest and tension and crazy, craziness going on in the world. And it's because where envy and self-seeking exist, there is confusion in every evil thing. And so, you know, instead of accepting the wisdom from above, man is accepting wisdom from below. And so make no mistake about it, wisdom from below is earthly, sensual, demonic, and it brings nothing but confusion and every evil thing. And that's the wisdom from below. Now, let us look at the wisdom from above, and that's in verses 17 and 18. Wisdom from above, verses 17 and 18. And boy, do we need wisdom. Understand that, you know, James has been writing. Uh, he's been writing about, you know, the, you know uh, the fruit, the works. You know, faith without works is dead, right? That's what he's been writing to us. But even in this area of wisdom, he already touched about the area of wisdom in chapter 1. As a matter of fact, in James chapter 1, verse 5, James chapter 1, verse 5, James writes this, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. So if we need wisdom, we could ask the Lord. And not only is he going to give you wisdom, he's going to give you wisdom and then some. The fact that you want wisdom from God that honors him. He wants you to have as much wisdom as you can have. The only thing is we don't seek it, nor do we ask for it. We don't study the word to get the knowledge and the wisdom. We, depend, we just think it's going to fall on our laps. No, we need to ask. We need to study. Show ourselves approved, the Bible says. And he said, if you ask, he'll give it. And where does it come from? He goes in verse 17 of chapter 1 of James chapter 1, verse 17. He says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And it comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. And so every good gift and if it's a wisdom. You remember uh, Solomon, King Solomon, when the Lord asked him, you know, what, what, just give me one thing you want, you know. What is it that you want? Just one thing, I think, is the first Chronicles. Solomon asked, can you imagine God asking you, what did, just name one thing you want, I'll give it to you. Just one thing. Just one thing. The Lord most likely already knew that Solomon was going to ask for wisdom. Just give me, not money, not fame, not fortune, you know, nothing. Wisdom. And the Lord gave him wisdom. As a matter of fact, it says there in Chronicles that 
he was the wisest man in his time, nor would there ever be a wise man after him. So you could consider whoever's the wisest man today, nothing compared to the wisdom of Solomon. Now, obviously, with all the wise he had, okay, he, there's a little minor technicality. He didn't have that much wisdom, okay? <laughs> so try to celebrate anniversaries with that. Uh, anyhow, not too much wisdom, but if we ask the Lord wisdom, he, wants, he gives it, and he gives it ab- abundantly. And so now in verse 17, verse 17, there are seven characteristics. Listen, it's just that listed in just that one verse. However, all those seven characteristics is, is, is going to be on top of the foundation of, of a pure, to be pure, first pure. And that's the first thing that uh, James writes here in verse 17. And it says in verse 17, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure. First pure. You notice it's at first pure. And his purity gives us the secure foundation for all the other characteristics that are going to follow after that. And there's a total of seven. And so godly wisdom is first pure. And nothing added, no preservatives, nothing. It is pure. And why pure? Because God is pure. God is pure. And everything from the Lord is pure. And because God is pure and we are followers of Christ, we share in the characteristics, the character of God in to be pure. As Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, he says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Okay? Pure. And, and we're going to notice here as we read that verse from one of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, in the Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, chapters 5, 6, and 7 of the Gospel of Matthew, in the Sermon of the Mount, he gave the Beatitudes. And we're going to see a lot of parallels between the Beatitudes of Christ in, in verse 17 of James chapter 3. So the first characteristics uh, that, that just uh, takes off from, pure, from being pure is peaceable. The first characteristic of wisdom from above First characteristic of wisdom from above is peaceable. Wisdom, the wisdom is to love peace. We are to love peace. Since we worship a God from above and wisdom comes from above, we are to be peaceable. We should love peace and do all that we can to maintain peace. And I know it's hard. There are some people that are just, they're challenging in your life. But at all costs, we are to be we are to love peace, make peace, maintain peace. As a matter of fact, I love what the Apostle Paul writes in when he wrote the letter to Rome and the church in Rome. In Romans chapter 12, verse 18, he said, If it is possible, as much as depends on you. He didn't say, find out the truth. I know they're wrong, but try to. No, he says, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with some men. No. Amen. Have you asked God to help you? As I grew up, this was a common phrase used in conjunction with numerous situations, from lost items to important decisions to doing what was right in a difficult moment. It reminds me of the verse in James 1.5 that talks about asking God when you just don't know what to do. Also in verse 12, where James reminds Christians that the promise of heaven hinges not only on accepting the gift of salvation, but also standing firm in what you believe while resisting sin. Having faith in God is the stepping stone to real humility, love, patience, and growth. Are you feeling stagnant in your relationship with God? Do you need someone in your corner? If so, here's Jessica with an invitation just for you. 
prayers for this ministry would be so appreciated. The opportunity for the lost to be reached over the radio is incredible. So please pray for our listening audience and that what's shared will alter people's lives forever. Another way you can support us is by prayerfully considering giving in a financial way. There's a lot of time and effort that goes into producing this program, and we're grateful for all who are willing to come alongside us to support the creation of each program. If you feel led to do this, you can find a Give tab at runningtheraceradio.com. What a great invitation for those in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area. Just for you folks that aren't close and any who are interested, visit runningtheraceradio.com to not miss out on the many great ministry opportunities of Calvary Chapel of Milford. Our time has come to an end, but thank you so much for joining us today on this broadcast of Running the Race.